Good evening, everyone. So my friends, then, with the evening Mass of the Lord's Supper, we, enter, we end Lent officially, and we begin uh, the sacred Holy Triduum. What we are doing is celebrating the mystery of faith. And we should take time, then, to reflect on the commands which Jesus gave his disciples that evening. The first command, if you will, of the Lord could be said as this, take and eat, take and drink. During the meal, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, take and eat. He said, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks to the Father, and gave it to them. All of you drink from it, he said, for this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant to be poured out on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins, Matthew 26, 26 through 28. The second command of Jesus is put forth in the very institution of the Eucharist. Do this in remembrance of me, 1 Corinthians 11, 24. As we heard, St. Paul testifies to the faith of the early Christians and professes the faith of our church. From that time on, right into our own time, as history testifies, the church has never failed to come together to offer the sacred Eucharist. The church professes that the priest, through the sacrament of holy orders, acts in the person of Christ in a special way, in the words of Vatican II, through the ministry of priests, the spiritual sacrifice of the faithful is completed in union with the sacrifice of Christ, the only mediator, which in the Eucharist is offered through the priest's hands in the name of the whole church in an unbloody and sacramental manner until the Lord himself comes. All of the faithful, moreover, then, are nourished by communion with the body and blood of Christ. This evening on Holy Thursday, we celebrate with joy the institution of the Holy Eucharist. He gave this to us, his real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity, sacramentally present in every Holy Communion. And on this evening, he instituted the holy orders of the priesthood. He gave us, the church, the ministerial priesthood, a sacramental multiplication through all time and space of his own merciful and healing love. This is what the priesthood, the ministerial priesthood, is supposed to do. The church rejoices that the commands of Jesus are still being fulfilled in our midst. Though unfaithful in many ways, we are yet privileged to stand in the long line of tradition, of fidelity to the commands, take and eat, take and drink. Do this in remembrance of me. My friends, there's a third one of Jesus and it is symbolized in the dramatic and moving example of the washing of the feet of the, his disciples. And um, 
Jesus says, but if I wash your feet, who, I who am teacher and Lord, then you must wash each other's feet. In other words, this selfless service to others. And um, Jesus says, what I just did was to give you an example. And he says, what I have done, you should do also. This is true not only of the ministerial priesthood, but of the baptized, because you share in the royal priesthood. My friends, there's something else about the washing of the feet that we rarely talk about on Holy Thursday because the mandantum is normally presented, the washing of the feet, uh, symbolizing that. But uh, there is something else Jesus was doing In ancient time, in Old Testament, the Arianic priests, the priests of Aaron, part of their ordination rite was to be washed, in particular their feet. Exodus 29, 1 through 4. So Jesus is preparing his apostles to be priests. And they knew in Jesus' time, there was also this ritual washing. We saw this happen uh, in a very uh, great way uh, at the wedding at Cana with the uh, ritual jugs available, and they're filled with water. And uh, the ritual washing was uh, a cleansing for the Jewish people, a purification of them uh, so that they could come close to God. Not only... Why would they, they would come close to God, yes, to be close to him, but so that they would be fit to worship. So the washing of the feet has layers to it. A great service that only a slave would do in Jesus' time, he would wash the feet. But then also there is this theology, this symbolism, uh, even more ancient Jesus preparing, that's why the church says, on that evening, Jesus instituted the Eucharist and the ministerial priesthood. It's symbolized by the washing of the feet also. The liturgy of Holy Thursday calls us to renew our commitment to the great law of love. The new commandment of Jesus to love one another as he has loved us. So then these three commands of Christ are intimately related to each other. The Eucharist is the outpouring of Christ's love upon the world. Sharing in his sacrifice to the Father, we unite ourselves to him in Holy Communion. In the Eucharist, by the sharing in his body and blood, we are made one with him. My friends, then, taking up his servant ministry, we are made one with him and with each other when we, with charity of heart and action, service others. All these commands have love as its fruit. And of course, paramount is the Eucharist. And my friends, about this, Jesus knew everything about us. And he knew that every human being has two needs that are deeper than any other need the need to be loved and the need to love. This is because we are created in God's image. And as John tells us in his gospel, God 
is love. The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, is divine love. Each person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, share in a love known as kenosis, a total self-giving and pouring out for the other. And we are created, then, in this image of God, and thus we are made to follow that very example. But we cannot without our Lord's grace. This is the night Jesus instituted and gave us these great gifts of love. Thus, this is the night when we thank him for these gifts by celebrating this Mass and the rest of Holy Week with grateful hearts. But let us let them thank him for, by doing things. He wants us to do things. He told us what to do. He said, here's, my, here's the example, now follow after me. So not just prayer, but action. From times long past, humanity has been searching for the way to satisfy the human soul's deepest needs. Now Jesus has shown us the way. If we let him love us with an eternal love, we will be able to love others. Then we will be able to follow his example by washing the feet of those around us, meaning service to them. Friends, as I prepare the homily and watch the news and watch the reports coming out of Europe again, I imagined how different the world would be if every Christian, now I'm going to the Christian, if every Christian in the world followed Christ's example thinking first and foremost about making those around them happy, not worrying about the self. So much family strife would simply disappear if we each were humble enough to put ourselves in third place. First God, then family, and then ourselves. I believe we would spread so much peace of mind and heart and soul if we dedicated ourselves to the work and the model of Jesus without worrying about getting credit for it or what we're going to get out of it. But simply just to do the very best we can for others. I imagined how our society would be transformed if every Christian started using more of their free time for prayer, for glorifying God, for helping family and friends and neighbors in need. Perhaps instead of spending so much time and energy finding ways to entertain themselves, Tonight, in addition to thanking Christ for his gift of love, let us commit, or for some of us, recommit 
to extending to others love and peace and charity and a sense of joy. My friends, because this is Jesus' house, this is a house that belongs to Christ, and is why I focused on the Christians. Because there are many Christians, or at least many who are baptized and claim to be. But of every Christian in this world, in this time, would follow Jesus. This world would be transformed. And what we see in the news coming out of Eastern and Central Europe would not be. Because the truth of that is those are two Christian countries at war. And even just to hear the gossip already, because Francis wants to meet with the patriarch in Russia to try and talk. And already social media is blaring with hatred towards Francis, towards Kirill, the patriarch. Christians, and many of them were the ones putting forth all that garbage on social media, if they would act as Christians, it would transform societies, governments. And then Christ would come. He's waiting. He's waiting. So my friends, we've entered into our sacred triduum, and our triduum is one liturgy over three days, so there's no official ending to this liturgy until the Easter Vigil. Uh, we will process singing a Eucharistic hymn uh, into the, uh, to our hall where we have the altar of repose. And I ask all of you who can to join us. There'll be a period of time uh, for adoration till 11 p.m. You can stay in with our Lord and pray and offer uh, your prayers and ask what you need and offer prayers for our world. And my friends, uh, we ask for those who... Uh, as you leave the church and you leave the hall, please do so in reverent silence this evening, please. And then uh, tomorrow uh, we return to the church at 9 a.m. Uh, for morning prayer. <clears throat> and then at 3 p.m. tomorrow, as the traditional time is, uh, we will have uh, veneration of the cross. This year, uh, people will be able to venerate the cross as they are comfortable, uh, either with a kiss or a bow or touching.